0: Oh no! It's morning. Oh,
1: morning, and that means it's time for the rotten morning run. Best
2: way to start your morning off: run, run. Well, hello.
1: Is this our, our starting kit? <laughs>
3: what? Uh. What is happening?
1: Oh, my name's Carrie. Okay. Uh, God damn it, uh, Carrie. Hey, Frankie, can you hear us okay?
4: I can. Damn it. That's
1: <laughs> first thing that went wrong so far. Okay, let's start this over. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rotten Mornings. That's
2: right, it's Rotten Mornings. Welcome, everybody. As always, I'm Scott. I'm Matt.
5: I'm Brandy. I'm Grim. I'm Carrie.
4: I'm Larry Fishburn. <laughs> and Larry Fishburn.
6: <gasps> Larry was on SpongeBob. Oh, we
1: was all mind mind. SpongeBob all to no, we to. were selling That's fresh
6: fish that. recently.
5: So this is weird.
2: Yeah, Fishburn. Yeah. Fish. <laughs> hey, guys. Can well, you make the context clues and rotten mornings. It
5: definitely seems fishy. Did you pick that
4: up? Listen, up? if Lawrence Fishburn isn't going to use the name anymore, then I'm going
2: to. That's fair. <sighs> Larry, <laughs> all
1: right, well, uh, let's go ahead and jump into the very exciting action-packed rotten news So I hate when you do
2: that. <laughs> I fucking legitimately hate when you do that. Those <laughs> tires are very squeal. Yeah, I know. Somebody <laughs> just drove off the fucking road.
1: <laughs> I left. I'm back, Phil. And that just, was rotten news.
2: Uh, I'm actually
4: going to go get in my car so I can drive off the road.
2: (laughs) Okay, guys. So, in rotten news. Now, if you tuned in last weekend, uh, we talked about the uh, stuff we did last weekend on the podcast. But Mm -hmm. after that, we shot a couple of uh, new shorts uh, for the new series, Rotten Remains, Mm -hmm. which will be airing July the 5th. No. Yeah. Nope. I said it wrong. (laughs) Rotten Remains will be premiering this month on Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th of
1: July. Good
2: one. It's pretty exciting,
0: actually.
4: It's very fitting for this podcast about the Nightmare on Elm Street series.
2: Yes, it's perfect. (laughs) It's perfect. Uh, We also had a live with Psycho Mantium 13 also known as the uh, Bunny Death Cult, the Psycho Bunny Death Cult. On, she
5: is awesome. Yeah, that she was, was very cool. Interview.
2: It was super fun.
5: And that was went this past Wednesday night, right? Yes.
2: yes. Yes.
1: If you haven't seen that interview, you can always go to our Facebook page and uh, check we out that video the there. Course. It was uh, shared to our Facebook page.
2: Uh, and then this weekend, we... Uh, I worked on some editing on Friday, cleaned the shit out of the house, fixed the faucet. That's not news for you guys, but it was a joy for us. Uh, It was a joy for me. But we also (laughs) have recently uh, taken up making commercials for uh, the Buckeyes fireworks stand. Yes. Uh, So if you guys have not seen those commercials, go to uh, Buckeyes on Facebook. Give them a follow. Watch all our fun commercials on there.
3: We went boom.
2: We went boom. <laughs> and, and buy some fireworks because you'll see these ads. You'll hear this
1: you'll see these ads. You've got about
5: yeah, you two, got hours two hours to go you buy yeah. hours to still buy fireworks when you hear this.
2: That's awesome. You might uh, even and see
5: us up there.
2: You might. And then of know. course, uh on uh, yesterday we shot a another little uh short for rotten remains. And I think we're wrapping up that project and Yep. Gonna look forward to a second episode down the road. <laughs> we Eventually. never know what the hell we're gonna do. <laughs> Eventually, probably. Yeah. Eventually, probably. Never sense. know. Matt's got windshield
3: wipers and worms. Ringworms.
2: <laughs> start with a W.
3: <laughs> yep.
2: There is that.
4: And since <laughs> that we're actually, on the uh, news segment, I would yes. like to take this time to invite the audience to uh, join me in a peaceful protest of this senseless upcoming pool noodle war at creepycon in Knoxville. We will not stand for this attrition uh that hasn't happened yet but will happen in Knoxville uh last weekend of August. Join me in protest of this senseless violence with wet foam things.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. Yes, the pool noodle the pool noodle war is on and Frankie is in protest. And the rest of us will be joining in. Yes, we will be there uh, to beat the hell out of the people with the picket signs. Yes,
1: yeah, so <laughs> devil your signs and devil, your faces. Devil doodle, we want noodle.
3: I'm
6: bringing fire.
2: What? What the?
3: <laughs> we're gonna burn Frankie.
2: Devil doodle, you get the noodle. No,
1: you don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> You stay away from Hello. the
2: devil's doodle. Oh. <laughs> we'll get the noodle.
4: Frankie Person for I, I am Larry Fishburne.
2: <laughs> Devil doodle, out. you'll get the Neville noodle. You're um, not
6: allowed.
2: This
1: was fun while it lasted. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, uh, that's the news.
1: Uh, was there weather?
4: Oh, there's weather.
1: I hear the weather. It's, it's helicopter.
4: So, tonight's weather report, it's going to storm eventually. Are you ready for the thunder?
6: No, but I'm ready for the lightning.
4: <laughs> There's Great thunder, weather. then lightning. I didn't
2: make the rules, okay? Just <laughs> uh,
5: Did we cover sport?
2: There's Thank no you. sports here. No Do we
5: have any upcoming rotten news?
2: Oh, uh, we've got
4: a PBS special, don't we? Like, uh, that's gonna be about behind the scenes of the podcast?
2: Uh, yeah. Podcast! Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that gonna
4: happen at some point?
2: Yeah, I think that one got cancelled until next month.
0: Oh.
4: Well, it's, damn it, I wrote a bunch of stuff for that. You can't keep doing this to me. You know when you tell me that we've got a project, that's how my brain works. My brain is like, oh, my God, I must write, like, 30 textbooks full of shit. That's right.
2: That's right, guys. What we do is we shoot a lot of ideas to Frankie and make him write, like, these long books of just scripts and ideas. And, and we burn them all in front of him. And we do a little dance and giggle.
5: And we say T.L.D.R.
1: Too long, didn't read. If uh, if we <laughs> it hurts. Be, uh, it would be <laughs> if you write it, we'll delay it. And yeah.
2: that's <laughs> it, <laughs> it hurts so bad.
1: That. I know the feels. Uh, <laughs> cool. I write it. Grim, are you looking God? at me. Grim, do you have news?
3: I used the bathroom a minute ago that's, in the kitchen. That's
1: yeah. yes. I'm peed in the kitchen. Carrie, news
3: um she held my
1: hand while i did it i did it's better to hold her hand while she does it
6: shut up scott no comment
2: <laughs> remember no news is good news <laughs> with gary the news brandy
1: yes brandy brandy is a good solid yes uh matt's uh talked uh, the whole time uh, frankie any other news
4: Yes, uh, for the rest of this podcast, I will be referring to uh, Larry Fishburn as Larry Fish so that the audience doesn't confuse the two of
1: us. (laughs) That's that's helpful. helpful. Uh, Cool, guys. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and jump to commercial break. And when we come back, we will be uh, jumping into our coverage of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part
2: 3. Part 3. Yay. Cool. Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. Nightmare Ooh. on
5: Elm Street blah, blah.
2: So. And
4: the door is red in this one as well Though it is on a little model house
2: It has been red in every fucking one Suck a pig nut Oink. Every- Don't go that way man You know who's back there? It's that serial killer from that movie
3: What? Why are they here? I thought they were supposed to be chasing the kids at summer camp or invading the nightmares of the kids on that one
2: street. Well, they're all here, brought in to fight off the mutant chickens, and now it's a horror free for all.
0: Oh,
6: where do I buy tickets?
2: The Haunted
5: Chicken House in Heflin is the largest tourist attraction in East Alabama.
6: Open every weekend in October. Tickets are $15 per attraction. Two for $25 and three for $40. Ride the hayride of horrors.
2: Visit the Haunted Chicken
1: House.
6: Defy death in the infamous crazy train.
1: For more information, check us out on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and thehauntedchickenhouse.com. And we'll see you there.
4: Yes. And
1: we (laughs) are back. Yay! We're back. (sighs) Ta-da! All right. Well, uh... It was it a is.
6: long elevator ride.
1: It, <laughs> it was. I mean, that's fair. I'm following a complaint.
2: Is this how we're going to start the second segment? <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: people tune into the, the worms segment. are
6: segmented,
2: too. Oh, my God. So, anyways, guys, as we have been this season, we are discussing the one, the only, Freddy Krueger in Woo-hoo. the Nightmare on Elm Street series. And today, we will be going over A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 3, The Dream Warriors. You are not allowed to say it that way. Dream Warriors! There you go.
4: (laughs) Not Freddie Cooper.
2: Not Freddie Cooper. Apparently. So, once again, burn all your notes.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I really wish you guys would quit doing that to me, because, you know, when we're not Recording the podcast, you guys are like, "Yeah, man, Freddie Cooper, man, totally." Like, you know, follow that guy around, you know, put a put like a tracking device on his car, and then we hit record. It's like Freddie Cooper. What are you talking about? What are you crazy? Where right.
2: this is about a movie series? We haven't talked to you in a week
4: because I don't talk to you. <laughs>
1: I would like to point out, a lot of people uh, are like, hey, man, you guys should have more guest stars, and I'm like, well, we've got us, we're we're the guest stars of the podcast, but this one, we actually have someone from the film. Um, Larry Fishburn is with us. Uh, that is
4: correct. Not
1: Larry Fish, Larry Fishburn. Yeah, Larry the Fish is right out. <laughs> it's like the worst gangster name ever. Hey, I'm Larry the Fish. What's your superpowers?
4: Gangsters don't have those. Fish. Oh, speaking of superpowers, I'm going to jump right ahead and say that being able to pull people into your dream is a fucking useless superpower, <laughs> right. and it just so happens that she is in the movie where that will be useful.
2: <laughs> in any
4: other context, that is a terrible superpower.
2: Indeed. So let me give the quick uh, synopsis of this film. Um,
5: Don't we want to start with the... Uh, oh, yes. Let's
2: start with the, uh, the numbers, and we will turn it over to Brandy for the numbers.
5: So Dream Warriors was released on February 27th of 1987. It was directed by Chuck Russell. The screenplay was by Wes Craven, Bruce Wagner, Frank Darabont, and Chuck Russell. And it was, of course, produced by Robert Shea with New Line. The budget was four point three to $4.6 million, and the box office was $44.8 million. And wait, it- wait,
4: wait, wait, Brandy, Brandy, Brandy. Who did the soundtrack?
5: I don't have that listed. You go right ahead.
4: Angelo, Angelo Badalamenti. David Lynch's Angelo Badalamenti oh, did, did not- the soundtrack. <laughs> He did the soundtrack to this literally right after he did Blue Velvet.
2: That's awesome.
4: Anyway, sorry.
5: Well, the only other thing I had for the numbers was that it made $8.9 million in its opening weekend.
2: So I'll I'll give you the film's uh, synopsis here. And uh, basically, you open on an insane asylum. Uh, well, you open on a young lady who is having trouble. Uh, she's having these nightmares. Uh, her mother, uh, she gets hurt in her dream, and her mother thinks she's trying to commit suicide. So she takes her to a loony bin to have her committed.
4: Hold on. We're skipping over quite a bit here. No, no, no. I'm just
2: synopsis, man, like last just time. The
1: stops, but I do want to point out who...
4: Is, that, is that what a synopsis is? is? Correct. This my bad
1: is patricia arquette
2: yes and it was her, her very first role her very yeah. first role
4: and so, i'll be referring to her as Parquette from here on out
2: <laughs> so uh, Parquette is uh put in a loony bin by her mom where she meets all these other uh loony bin patients uh they are all similarly having nightmarish like dreams they don't want to sleep they all relate it back to freddie krueger uh, eventually, uh, a young lady comes onto the ward to help out. It turns out it's Nancy from the first movie. Uh, Nancy then suggests that they take uh, Hypnosil, which is the first nightmare that it talks about, Hypnosil. And uh, eventually, one by one, they get picked off uh, until uh, her. they go and find her father and convince her father to show them where Freddie was buried they dig up Fre- freddy's bones and they uh, put holy water on it and rebury it uh in consecrated not really consecrated but they say that uh and uh yeah they beat freddy and nancy gets murdered at the end Split. i mean
4: I, I mean a junkyard is just as good as a cemetery right
2: yeah it's just like a church it was just hollowed ground yeah and like that's anything with a hole in it, right? Now like that, that's they dig a ground. hole in the ground,
4: <laughs> hollowed hollow. ground. What do you
1: think oh, that means? Oh,
2: wow. that's a. <laughs> so yeah, that's the basic synopsis for it. So let's roll her all the way back and start right into the meat of this beautiful film.
4: Parkett goes to bed with her hands covered in Elmer's glue. That is disgusting.
2: Okay. Yeah, it'd be funny if in her dreams she wakes up and like her hands, just her hair's all glued into her hands and she's like, my hair!
1: This is like the weirdest fucking thing. Like, why would you choose, as an activity to keep you awake, the most boring fucking thing on the planet?
2: Well, she had to eat the popsicles, so the sugar was keeping her awake while she built the popsicle nightmare house. Ah.
4: How are you going to make a slasher franchise in the 80s that is about a dream demon and kids that have to stay awake to avoid it without having cocaine use featured at all?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Don't even talk about it.
4: I mean, and you know there's a lot of it going on behind the camera. Where is yeah. <laughs> it in front of the camera?
1: Uh, and, uh, and also, you know, for the viewing audience. But the, uh, the, the really interesting thing that you bring that up, this film... Uh, was banned in the UK because of the drug references. Uh, But then later, it was heralded as a very anti-drug film. And one of the legacy parts of this, and and it comes from this scene and a latter scene with uh, Taryn, is that there are people who now come up to Taryn and say, hey, this movie helped me change my life and actually helped me get off of drugs. Yeah. Well,
5: okay, so so you yeah. mentioned that it was banned in the UK. Well, it was specifically banned in Queensland, Australia, because of its drug reference, mm-hmm. specifically the scene where Freddie's glove becomes a number of syringes and he injects Taryn with a heroin overdose. Um, but in 1990... The new government abolished the Queensland Film Board of Review entirely, um, and the film became widely available at that point in time.
1: So it was three years before they could see that film Mm -hmm. in in Auckland. Uh,
5: But another interesting point about that scene, though, when she is battling him with the two uh, switchblades... She actually stabbed Robert England. Nice. Um, and her head was also supposed to explode in that scene, but they couldn't make it work. Yeah. Uh,
2: so when uh, Parkette uh, goes to sleep, she has a nightmare about her mom being a 90s mom uh, that was young and still sort of dating. Uh, and Freddie's her date, so she's got great choice in men, for one thing. <laughs> Uh, it's the first uh, sub date that I've ever seen, where where she's like just kind of into him, being like, "Shut up, bitch! Get your ass in the kitchen and
1: make me a sandwich." Uh, <laughs> Wait, it's whiskey, yeah. Is it whiskey or did he ask for yeah, something, or something? Yeah.
2: And uh, then Parquette goes in the bathroom, and the faucets are like boogity boo, and they make it look like she cut her wrist.
4: All right. So now that we're on to this. What is with Freddy's um like trying to make every death look like a suicide in this movie? Like I he has never given a shit about that before I, in the I previous two movies.
2: I don't think he has, but if you follow the natural progression of these movies, it's almost as if like Freddy from Part 2 realized like dude, I cannot let the parents know that I'm here. Like the parents are giving these people way too much faith and they're not afraid. If I can keep it looking like the kid did it, then they'll question even the safety and sanctity of the trust from their parents.
1: That's a really good point. Uh, it also brings up the fact that if you look at Freddie from nightmare one, you look at Freddie from nightmare two, uh, and we talk about how uh, two threw out a lot of lore for these are new rules for Freddie nightmare three, Introduces a ton of lore that wasn't ever a part of Freddy, and and creates. Uh, uh, and a lot of people say this is their favorite Freddy film because this creates the the lore that is kind of held, yes, going forward. Yes. So you do. See- it also
4: went through the garbage and grabbed all that old lore back out.
1: Yeah, much yeah.
4: well, the same as I go through Freddy Cooper's garbage and grab all his mail out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's- So uh, then uh, her mother takes her to the loony bin, and the first thing we see is the uh, first group meeting, and we get a run of the characters. Uh, Does somebody want to take character by character? I talk a lot.
3: I, I fucking loved Kincaid, and did you know that he got his role by cussing out the director? He yelled, fuck you, and that's how he got his role.
5: Yes, I actually did read something about that. Um, he Thank apparently you. came to the audition soaked because of the storm that he had to come through. Yes. Um, and Russell then told him to do whatever he wanted to for the audition.
2: So he basically said, fuck I you. I think
3: the the casting directors and all of them were really late too. So he's sitting there drenched probably and mm-hmm. just pissed off.
2: And it's funny because they actually use that in the group session. The very first line he has when he stands up and goes into the corner before they sedate him in that very first scene and he's like fuck you and does that exact same sort of setup um she brought up though
1: uh russell that's chuck russell that's the director yes. this is his first film and he went on to direct some really really great films yes. um and and we should point that out because we had a first-time director in the previous film as mm-hmm. well yeah who didn't who didn't <laughs> right yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um
3: with Kincaid. One of my favorite lines is from him. It's yo Freddie, where are you hiding at you burnt-faced pussy? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <First> face, pussy!
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh
2: we also uh meet uh Taryn, uh, who is also known as the one girl who was disappointed that nobody hit on her while they were filming the movie. Wow, wow. Uh she
4: was super disappointed in that. <laughs> uh Wait, no, Freddie totally did though.
2: Yeah, but nobody on set like rock, everybody was into uh, Parkhead
4: Yeah, but every like that just the whole time like as a kid I'm watching that movie and I'm thinking like man Taryn like that's uh, I'm totally into her and then when it goes into her final showdown with Freddie the first thing you see is Taryn and Freddie and a big heart and I'm like oh yeah me and Freddie we got something in common here. <laughs>
2: Your wiener looks like that too.
4: Burned, <laughs> like a, like a burned <laughs> pussy. <laughs>
2: so uh, other characters that are there are
4: um, Larry Fish.
2: He's got Will.
4: Will,
5: uh, Will
2: is basically uh, uh, that's the uh, the mute kid, right? Anybody that just... was
4: playing D anD D somehow.
2: Okay, so the, so he's the, the D&D. Will is the, he's D&D the wizard. Nerd. Yeah, he's the wizard. Uh, he was confined to a wheelchair. Uh, like that dude is that part? Like who else would they have got to play that fucking part?
4: And he was the dungeon master. But you remember the mute kid was on the bed with him and Taryn, somehow playing D and D, even yeah, though he couldn't speak. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What would you like to do? Oh pass? Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Your character keeps getting killed. <laughs> then we had uh what was the mute kid's name? I don't remember.
4: It? He never said it.
2: So Joey was the mute uh pornophile uh that was addicted to pornography. Like it, like that's his big weakness was loved titties.
1: titties.
2: And who's the uh
1: who's wheelchair? That's Will. That's Will, who I mentioned. Yeah, we just went over him. He's his the name is Wheel Chair. wheelchair. A <laughs> wheelchair. <right? laughs> that is awesome and amazing. Uh, I like that his uh, superpower in the dream world is walking.
2: And we also meet the uh, very uh, oh god, I'm, why am I forgetting people's names yeah, now? So there's a models. lot of characters in this uh, movie, but the uh, blonde-haired, not Patricia Arquette <laughs> Art excuse me.
4: Uh, the one that committed suicide by somehow jumping up into the TV headphones. Yeah,
2: it's completely. <laughs> I, I have at least three of my friends that killed themselves like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've actually tried it.
2: The, uh, oh, welcome.
0: welcome to primetime,
2: bitch. Yeah, yeah, I that. Yeah, yes.
3: It wasn't scripted at all.
2: And it became That's like awesome. the best line later on, replicated in mm-hmm. uh, part five in the credits when it's like, uh, it says, it does all the things it's Siskel and yeah. Ebert said this, Robert said, welcome primetime bitch yeah
1: that's a that is i kind of thing and it is one of the uh weird steps in this movie where uh, larry fishburne is like oh yeah suicide yeah uh clearly someone has moved the trampoline <laughs> Required. The, well, the she thing is, is that shied she, she
2: out of a cannon. I don't How know. many calls did Larry Fishburn make that led to these kids dying? Like he was like, "All right, I
4: didn't make any calls One about time.
2: that." <laughs> this one time you can stay up this one time you can revisit the kids this one time you can do this thing and every fucking time they got screwed because of that
4: okay you're talking about Larry Fish this is what I wanted to avoid okay so it's called the guy in the movie Larry Fish I'm Larry Fishburn Fish. <coughs> hey I gotta give Larry Fish some, like uh, alright one thing about this character so like I got to deduct a point from him for uh, saying that LSD was probably the cause of what was going on with the kids. But then I've got to give him 10,000 points plus God status for saying that rock and roll, drugs, and sex is what keeps us alive anyway. Amen, brother. You know, Amen, brother. he's a man yeah. of the clock.
1: I'm just trying to do the math here on your equation. So
2: minus one we're <laughs> so knocking down to like mid or uh sort of um oh what what what's the it's word it's god status minus one pin god status pin ultimate so god status god
4: status is like uh 7
2: <laughs> that's that's actually that's accurate that's accurate um so after we meet the characters uh, we progress to where uh, Patricia's now uh, in the area, and they're trying to sedate her. And she's like, get out of here! I don't like Larry Fish! And
4: <laughs> He's like, damn you, Paquette!"
1: <laughs> I kind of hate that you guys have reduced this to VeggieTales. <laughs> we've
5: mentioned how this was her first role uh, in the scene where she attacks the doctors, that actually took fifty-two takes because to get she that couldn't scene remember right. her lines. Well, it was partially because of that. They also filming was behind on the day that they were supposed to film this scene, so they did not even get to her till four o'clock in the morning, and she had such a hard time remembering her lines that she eventually had to use cue cards. Poor thing. And, and, uh, I mean, she's like, that's relatable,
2: though. Out of everybody. And then Nancy's like, calm down. Look, <laughs> it's me, Nancy. I <laughs> Nancy, know who is... Also. Nancy, who is
4: somehow it? turning gray, even though she's, like, 20 years old.
2: Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Can we say, like, total, like, where Ash got his gray uh, piece of hair from was from her in this movie? Uh, well, you could say that,
1: uh, unless you looked at the movie poster. (laughs) Which, uh, if you've ever looked at the movie poster for this film, none of those characters look like they do in the fucking thing. And she has a white skunk stripe down the back of her hair for no real fun reason. I gotta say
2: that that this is probably one of my favorite nightmare posters with the hand out and them in between the claws. Yeah, yeah, it's great until you look at Taryn. Yeah.
1: Or you look at... uh, uh, Will. Is it the Dungeon Master? No, it's the the other guy, the fuck you got. Um, oh, uh, Kincaid? Yeah, Kincaid. he's super white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, 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 not,
2: he's not even the same dude. <laughs> Thank you, Carrie. We needed that. So after uh, she attacks and gets calmed down by Nancy, uh, then uh get somebody pick up from there? What's the next thing that happens?
4: Can I, can I, can I touch on a couple of things before we move too far beyond it? Uh,
2: that's what you said when we first met, and I'm still denying
4: that. You loved it, though. You loved it. So I'm going to take that as a yes, just like I did that night. <laughs> uh, so uh, in the the nightmare that Parkett had in the very beginning of the movie, it was fantastic. I loved how they did the uh, when she ran into the goop and she couldn't move, that was very much like something that would happen in a real nightmare. I agree. The reason why I'm really bringing that up, though, is because after she picks up the little girl and runs with her to try and save her, when it cuts to that shot of her making the turn in the hallway, she totally clocks something with that little girl's head as she's running, <laughs> and she even reacts to it. And I was wondering if like, that was an accident that they just left in the movie.
2: Yeah, right? Yeah,
4: like uh, just. I also
2: something. heard something. Uh, also heard something about that prop.
6: Oh yeah. Well, so basically, Mark Showstrom, the special makeup effects artist in this movie, he made the mechanical corpse of the little girl, to where it could move and open its eyes and grab it. You know, parket, parket shirt, and everything. And he basically based that off of. Chuck Russell the director telling him to think Auschwitz. Well, when he got done making this corpse, the rib cage looked so emaciated and it was so heart-wrenching to him that after making it, I think it said it was
2: like ten, 10 weeks. weeks yeah, it yeah. They spent
5: 10 weeks.
6: He said, "All right, we can't we can't film it." And Russell's like, "Okay, but we have to right now." And so they had Somebody go in and throw together that charred skeleton
5: within minutes
2: with this real shit-ass plastic skull for a head that yeah. was garbage. <laughs>
5: because they said the the one that they spent ten weeks making
2: was too grotesque. So Ooh, basically, everything in that Ooh. sequence was scrapped because they even made the pig, and they were like, "This isn't working." So they went and got a real pig and just let it rot. And then they drew straws to see who had to sit under it to yes. push it up. So it goes, Wah! Yeah, they said,
5: so they said the roasted pig made the entire set just smell
1: absolutely yes. horrible. I, yes. I love this because there's so many like, this is a very special effects riddled film. They pretty much gave all of the
5: budget to the SFX <clears throat> department. But not yes, only that,
1: Every, Almost every single special effects in here was designed for one specific thing and then totally had to and be scrapped years. or changed.
6: <laughs> yeah, it's just like Taryn's death with the small part of the track marks on her arm turning into little mouths. They actually put them on the wrong arm, and so they had to stop filming and the
5: special effects artist had to come on scene and redo it on the right arm. That's wow.
4: awesome. Freddy, uh, one uh,
5: I, I like that they did go so heavy on the SFX apartment because at yes. this point in time CGI was available, but they were already seeing CGI every, everywhere and they did not want to rely heavily on it. So they, oh,
4: but you got to see some
5: other effects. blue
4: ribbon CGI in this with the little clacker balls. Yeah, like the fucking Looney Tune cartoon floating was, around the room.
2: The worst uh, green screened effect with CG, and the best is when Freddy is over the top of the building and cuts. Now let's the the, the first death, of course, is the the puppet kid. The, oh, um, yeah, I love the marionette scene. I it love the marionette. I love how they filmed it. I love the. Icon-
4: but why? Why did he phase through the door in the hallway in
2: the real world? Way. That, this is something I like to bring up. In this particular one, there are two deaths that people kind of just can beat reality. They can walk through a locked door or they can walk up stairs that aren't even there. Like he invisibly walks up invisible stairs. Uh, they have to, like, there, there's so many things that that doesn't line up. Like, why could Freddy make him do that? Uh, also, Kincaid, you're a fucking cocksucker. Everybody in there knew that they were in trouble if they fall fell asleep, including Kincaid. He did not want to be put asleep in the first one. And as soon as the kid falls asleep and is under Freddy's spell, Kincaid's like, have a nice walk, asshole. <laughs> it's like, God damn Kincaid, you dropped the ball, didn't you, you fucking dick?
1: So, uh, I want to talk about the puppet scene. Uh, And I'm going to bring this up a couple of times. And a weird thing that happens in my head. If someone says a Freddie quote and isn't like a pitch perfect Robert England, then it could be to me Beetlejuice or it could be. um, Oh, shit. What's the other one? The Mask. Yeah. All right. Both of those films have heavy ties Bofa. to the both both yeah Bofa. Lawrence Fishburne uh Cowboy Curtis yeah uh uh with uh Tim Burton also they were all associated with the Beetlejuice side of this and then uh Chuck Russell went on to do The Mask and you can't tell me that Chuck Russell's mask wasn't influenced by some Freddie... Fedora whole nine uh, yards Well now you know that's and- from the from the cut but still the the take on it and that the delivery and like all of that, that came from right here.
2: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> Beetlejuice the same way. Uh Beetlejuice wasn't that many years off of this film. And you see a lot of the same thing. In this film is the first time that uh Freddie gets the power of turning into like morphing into things. Like he was the car in the first movie. Well, I don't like, even
2: think it's more I think it's more of like he's Exercising his ability to control the perception and dreams, heavier in this one, um, because you have the scene where he's a nurse and then he's not. He's
4: the Freddy Worm. He's a Freddy
2: Worm. He's giant Freddy in the sky. Freddy in the sky with stars. Do we want to talk about Freddy Worm and that effect? Freddy Worm is bar none one of my favorite Freddy Krueger effects, like the giant green penis. Yeah, they painted but, it green because it looked way too much like a penis. Yeah, originally and it was pink. All yeah. they succeeded in doing was making it look like a... Syphilitic. Yes, a dying penis. And the line when the when the giant green penis demon spits out Parquette, looks over at Nancy and goes, You. That is... Yeah. I fucking love that the yeah. way his lip oh. raises up and he just looks at her and it's so animatronic, but it's so Robert England and I, I love the shit out of that, I that think but the
4: effect was, the effect looks fantastic. Yes yeah, this
3: movie was such a perfect balance of horror and comedy that i I just I couldn't stop watching it. normally, I can't sit still and watch things, but this was great
1: it's it's really that's a neat connection too. So we talk about horror and horror comedy. Uh, Evil Dead was shooting at the same time. Evil Dead 2 was shooting at the same time. Now, Freddy's glove goes missing from the set of Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Like, they can't find it anywhere. His actual fucking glove that they're using to shoot the goddamn movie. Where does it show up? On the set of Evil Dead, Dead 2. Yeah. And no one knows exactly how it got there. But it's funny that these two, like, horror camp. And they had already had the back and forth. Yeah. So it shows up in the, the, uh, the workshop. Of uh, Evil Dead 2. Like, and they're like, wait a minute.
6: You know, that makes me wonder if Mark Showstrom had anything to do with that. Because you know he was the special makeup FX artist on that movie as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's actually a really good point. Great um, well, so, a, a balance.
5: That's another thing, though. Oh, we're that's... talking about the great balance between the horror and the comedy of it. So... The original script for this was written just by Wes Craven and Bruce Wagner. But Robert Shea with New Line said it was too dark, that he did not want to go that dark with it. And so that's when New Line brought in Frank Darabont and Chuck Russell to rewrite it. until I
2: started doing like real deep research on this, as a horror fan, I had no fucking clue that Frank Darabont wrote on this script and dude i praise frank darabont like i love everything frank darabont's done uh the remake of dawn of the dead the Fucking mist the first season of the walking dead like frank darabont has a hell of a resume Mm -hmm. so we go past the uh guy uh magically walking through doors and walking upstairs and Being cut free, his puppet strings and falling to his death. Now, uh, when the kids ran into the room and busted open the window, like, (laughs) there was, it seemed so, like, what the fuck? Like, what are they even, what is happening here? Um... The blind kid being the one that goes and wakes up people, like, what an absurd idea, like, I mean the blind kid, the mute kid, like, (laughs) hey, let's get the mute kid to fucking Henry tell everybody, (laughs) fucking, oh, the British are coming, Freddy's here, and he grabs, like, a booty and runs down the hallway. Hold
4: on. I just love the idea of a blind kid trying to wake all these people up. He's like, (laughs) poor kid, wake up, wake up, wake up, and and, he's, and they're like, that's a couch. What are you doing? <laughs> he's, just,
2: he's just walking around the cafeteria. <laughs> like, master, you've lost your arms. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right,
1: guys, we are going to take a quick little break and we will be back
2: in about 60 seconds. Coming this October. As night falls on a quarantined prison somewhere in Vincent, Alabama, Vampires have taken over at Hellbilly Hollow, and things will never be the same.
3: Come visit Hellbilly Hollow in Vincent, Alabama. You'll have the best night of your life.
6: Yes, we'd love to have you in our neck of the woods. The weight is driving us batty. This year, we've raised the stakes. Join us. Join Join us.
2: us. One of Alabama's top-rated haunts, This is the one for you.
5: Hellbilly Hollow Haunted House Attraction in Vincent, Alabama. Open at 7 p.m. every Friday and Saturday in October.
1: Tickets available at the door.
5: Exclusive
6: merchandise. Tasty concessions. Live entertainment.
2: Well at bathrooms.
6: For more information, check us out on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram,
3: and at hellbillyhollow.com. And we will see you there.
1: Join us. Keep telling the audience that there's breaks when yeah. we don't ever yeah. to take a break. break. It's like, oh, the illusion. Oh, oh, oh we're rolling. Oh, uh, well, welcome back, guys. Hi. Welcome back. Here so we,
2: we move on from the puppet death onto the amazing television death, which is also the least possible suicide <laughs> death, but also one of the best deaths in this movie.
1: Yeah. That's one of the most iconic lines for sure.
3: People died.
2: Wait, no. (laughs) So right off the bat, she uh, convinces uh, Larry Fish to let her have extra TV time. Yeah. And he's like, "I cool." So they cut it onto a TV show, uh, and it is. uh, Oh gosh, what's the guy's? The guy in the TV show, Fork. Nope.
1: Uh, David, David uh... Anybody? Anybody? Sorry. Anybody write
2: that one down? I no. did
3: Dick, not.
2: Uh, Dick Cavett? Yes, Dick Cavett. Uh, Interviewing uh, Dissa Gabor. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, Gabor and, uh, Dick Cavett was asked uh, if he did this, like, who would he want to be on his show that Freddie would kill? And Dick Cavett said, oh man, Dissa Z- Gabor because I would never have that lady on my fucking show and he, he was just was really super stoked stupid. about her getting killed by Freddie. So, of course, Freddie kills her and the TV goes to static. Just really quick, though, about that. There's another film with Dick
1: Cabot doing uh, being the the television anchor in a horror film. Do you, you guys know what I'm talking about? I'll have to look that up. But uh, he was the face of like he would be on shows like yeah. that. Yep. in the in the eighties,
2: and so uh, then she goes over and starts banging on the TV, and uh, Robot Freddy comes to be where his arms bust out, and they did this really hilarious effect of his head coming out of the TV, and then cut back to him and his my fa- uh, what I like to call his my favorite Martian face, uh, where he's the TV and Robert England ad libbed the line, "Welcome to primetime, bitch." And fucking slammed her head, uh, reverse sadako through the TV, and uh, yeah, obviously like,
4: a camera, suicide. Obviously what? a suicide.
2: Yeah, obviously suicide.
1: Also, uh, one of the deaths that you actually see on camera. This was this was a weird film where the actual stabbing like cuts away. There's like a lot of deaths in this one where you don't actually see. The death yeah. part of the death. And because they were one. like,
2: ah, we don't want her head to explode. Eh, we don't want this to happen. Yeah. Eh, we don't want a dead baby. You eh. fly. Yeah. <laughs> but you see this, and this one's great. But they actually filmed the deaths. They were just like, nah. Let's, let's cut out the death part of this death yeah. movie. <laughs> so she gets slammed through the TV. Larry, Larry, uh, Larry Fish doesn't lose his job. Uh, mistake number one, right? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Everybody freaks the fuck out and Nancy goes on an impromptu date with the other doctor, which is probably the the like the most exposition in this whole fucking movie where it's like, dirt, what, huh? Huh? And then later on, he starts seeing the ghost of Freddie's like, mother. Like, they never really explain why uh, the ghost of the mother that. even comes back. And, and it's not even...
1: It's. She's like. Well, I know her. like yeah, You boy, bitch. You like, fucking
2: bitch. You could have just been like, "Yo, this dude's Freddy. He's son of a hundred maniacs. Uh, it's me. I got gotcha. you. This ah. is a ghost who doesn't want to be judged. Yeah. I have it's like a, the nun that she's like not really lying, but she's also really lying. You know. No, this is. I
4: have oh, it in my oh, notes. It. I just have written in my notes, "ghost nun exclamation point."
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Everything with the ghost nun makes no fucking sense. Why the fuck is his mom there? Why is she only talking to this doctor? And why is it everybody like, hey, bro, your doctor is fucking nuts? Well, of course. This is a nuts house.
4: <laughs> well, now... What if Nancy was actually just a pharma rep for the uh drug that was, you know, she was trying to distribute to all the kids.
2: Yeah, she was like selling Hypnosil. She's like come up to this uh this one building here and look at these boxes full of Hypnosil. Now this was the first film in the franchise to bring that in, right? Yes, that the very drug. first time they they mentioned Hypnosil, which becomes a sort of uh not defeating Freddy but you know, sort of denying okay. his existence. It's the Freddy vaccine. Yes, it's yeah. the Freddy vaccine. You can vaccine. still and
1: get the Freddy, yeah. but it's not as bad. It's
2: not as either. bad. And I told and... you
5: earlier off podcast that I cannot hear Hypnosil without immediately thinking Rohypnol and it being like the date right. The, exact, right? Opposite. the exact opposite. <laughs> the, yeah.
2: Rohypnol is the pro Freddy <laughs> drug and the Hypnosil is the anti Freddy <laughs> drug. Don't get those mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, uh, they
4: they roofied Parkhead in the quiet room toward the end of the movie. That's actually what they gave her
2: yeah. when she was like,
4: <laughs> uh, "We're trapped here. I, I actually can't wake up at all."
2: <laughs> and so we we move from the TV death, uh, and the uh, next thing that happens is is that the mute kid goes missing. Ooh, well, it, not exactly. They go back into group again to have another group. And they all start figuring out that they have these powers, right? So but if-
4: first, first, none of them realize that they're asleep. Yes. And absolutely. then the mute kid goes off with the nurse. And meanwhile, the others figure out that they're asleep and they have superpowers.
2: Yes, because of a fucking metronome ball thing, a perpetual motion.
4: That is the worst effect in the entire movie. You notice how they kind of
2: rated Spencer's for those scenes? Like uh, (laughs) they've got the little clacker balls and they've got the little swoosh magnet thing that swings back and forth like Spencer's gifts. Own yours today. Yeah.
3: They had to cut costs. Well,
1: they, they lost their <laughs> body glove uh, sponsorship. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: it.
2: But it's it's interesting when you look at the powers of the different people. Uh, you talk about uh, Kincaid, that Kincaid is, you know, always, he's always afraid of people. He doesn't like to be touched. He doesn't like any of this stuff. And then he's like, he turns into like the He-Man. His anger is actually his strength in the dream world. Uh, You look at Will, where he's a a nerdy DM and he can't walk. And in the dream world, his not being able to walk becomes him being able to walk and use his DM power. So again, his weakness in the real world becomes his strength in the dream world. Uh, Was
1: his weakness also not having a cape?
2: Yes, yes. Okay. Correct.
1: I just wanted to make um, sure.
4: Yeah. And sure. in the dream world, his wizard powers are just as useless as his legs in the yes. real world.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you look at Parquet, and Parquet feels like perpetually alone. Like nobody knows her, listens to her, wants to have anything to do yeah, with her. She's
3: pretty much like a poster child for a broken home. Yes. Yeah.
2: And then in the dream world, her weakness is her power because she can just draw people to her, like multitudes she of can, people. Like, to she her. has a like, stalker. So yeah. she's dream. never alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and How I, I really like that juxtaposition. Um, and then the mute kid, of course, he he has a weakness for tits. And in the real world, he can be like hey, look, titties, because he can talk now. <laughs> Actually, his voice is his power in the dream world.
4: Yeah, he's he can shatter mirrors with his voice and fool the others into thinking that somehow that is the end of the movie.
2: That is now, his power. we all know good and fucking well that if that dude could talk in the dream world, he wouldn't be worried about Freddy. He'd be fucking spitting game at the chicks, man, and at yes. no point does he do that. Yes. I like that uh, so
1: many of these deaths happen and immediately no one comments or gives a shit. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But at
4: the same time, at the same time, this slasher film pulls off with like most slasher films do not. Like you actually care about the characters. Yes. You know, it gives you enough time to actually get to know them a little bit before it just, you know, completely fucking destroys them Where, in I horrific agree. ways. A
5: lot of slasher films what you get is you know, like certain lines that go oh well can't wait for this douchebag to die and that's about it, you
2: know. You want yeah. to let that person die. So when the mute kid gets taken by the nurse, uh hilarious fucking scene. I really kind of wish they would have done it the way they wanted to to begin with because it was originally that that
4: full Freddy penetration would...
2: yes yes uh that freddie would slowly become freddie from the nurse so there was actually a scene where it was freddie krueger's head on top of like a, a naked nude female body and they were like Ugh, it's just a little off-putting as fuck
5: so yeah, we're not even, gonna
2: do that they
5: even put the freddie krueger makeup on the woman playing the nurse and was like no, that no. well, was so no. weird, no. and We're you know,
2: especially that. coming from part two. I mean, there's going to be a lot of confused kids. Well, you know, hey, <laughs> this
4: all right? I'm going to say it this should have been part two. Yeah, like the part three Dream Warriors should have been part two.
2: I agree. Uh,
4: part two should have been some other non-Freddy movie. Yes.
2: The
1: willingness of robert england to get the breast implants <laughs> <laughs> really pushed the envelope
2: just, just what a champ so we move forward from the young phila being taken prisoner and them all figuring out their powers uh and it's like uh hey what's your fat fi- power and she's like in my dream i'm beautiful and bad and she's all pumped out and then the black guy or kincaid is like oh, in my dreams, I'm a He-Man. And he, like, bends a bullshit dinky chair. Like, oh, way to go, Kincaid. What a badass move. Uh, And then, like, Parquette's like, in my dreams, I'm fucking Exuna Bayon, and I cut a couple of flips. Who gives a fucking rat's ass? It was such a bad cut, too, between her and the actress that does the flips. Hilarity ensues. And Uh, see, her
4: powers... her powers in the real world and her powers in the dream world were useless.
2: Yes. So. yes. And and the kid in the wheelchair is like, I have powers too. You guys want to see? And he just stands up and they're like, What? You can stand Woo! up? Oh, okay. Wow.
4: <laughs> literally all the rest of us are doing that right now. <laughs> it's it's not like, special. Wow,
2: you are literally right almost there, yeah. effective as the rest of us now. Yay.
1: <laughs> wow. Well. That's, uh, I, I don't know, you know, you, you think about, like, your handicapable people, and and uh, I don't know how that affects them watching that movie, uh, because I, I think that a lot of people who have, who, I mean, the mute, he, I don't think he talked, I don't, I mean, I think he actually did talk. He yes, yes, chose he was, actually, too, yeah, think. yes. But, but, like, the guy yeah, who they couldn't.
3: They did mention that he doesn't talk much or something. Yeah. Right?
1: Uh, but the guy who's in a wheelchair, he can't walk. It's not, that's not a thing he's choosing to do or, or has trauma. I, I would assume that it's not a trauma-based thing. But I would just wonder, like, I've so many people who are bound, and, and I have a family member who's wheelchair bound and I, I, that dream or, like, being able to lucid dream into walking, they're, they're probably, you know, it's like, oh, well, you're normal now. But it's like, it's not that. It's so much more. Like, I can actually feel. Yeah, but wait a minute, wait a minute.
2: If they made that movie today, and they had the Terran girl who was more emo that becomes a punk, they have the guy in the wheelchair, P.S., he is not down to a wheelchair. He can walk. He walked in the dream. He's not a handicap. Um, You have uh, the fucking uh, mute who isn't mute. If you made that, do you know how many people would be like, whitewashing? Why don't you get a mute person? Why don't you get yeah. someone who needs a wheelchair? Why don't you get someone who's actually a punk? That's an emo, you fucking idiots. Yeah. Why don't you get someone who's in a wheelchair? Well,
1: cause we need him to walk in the scene. Why don't so... you just make him legs?
2: Okay, Hold on. Stop being heartless and make legs for the crippled boy. Stop oh. here right now. <laughs> oh,
3: no,
1: oh. I, I, think the, I think the point that I was trying to make was murdered and uh, <laughs> on.
2: and Kincaid you know he before. like he doesn't get beat up by any white cops in this movie and that's like oh what the fuck <laughs> that's out of character so again whitewashing just throwing it out there
4: I'm getting really uncomfortable right now
2: that's because my hand's in your butt i <laughs> <laughs> What?
6: Dirty ass.
2: So after that, uh the they Freddie just basically is like, oh, you guys are badasses, uh, separate, <laughs> <laughs> pulls them all apart from each other, uh, goes to the 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 DM and or no, he goes to Taryn first. Uh and meets her in the alley. And like you said, they have that iconic like heart of them standing uh there it, it's fucking great uh you end up with the iconotry of the the glove with the uh syringes, syringes yeah. one of the oh, few really times that, that. Freddy actually has two gloves on uh he has two, Oh, that's
1: a great point yeah. uh one of the
2: only times in the movies where he's actually has two gloves uh, but it's just the needles, the
6: track marks, yeah. in the mouths,
2: the track marks in the mouths, and there, there's a good little fight. Like she's one of the few people that have mm-hmm. in the first person to ever really hand-to-hand combat battle Freddy, and Freddy's like hopping around her like the kid bully, like oh, you almost got me, <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll except be for, faster next. Except now. for <laughs> that's the
5: part I mentioned earlier where she uh. did. Actually, stabbed him. Yeah, with stop the playing, knife. Robert. <laughs> Can I get you, you motherfucker. Well, I think it was with a prop knife. Yeah, it still did hurt. Yeah, <clears> ribs. Yeah, they they described it as like her getting a little too into her badass role.
4: <laughs> well, it's kind of like when I stabbed Freddie Cooper when I got a little too into my role, you know. <laughs>
5: <It's>
2: <laughs> That's kind of like when I stabbed Matt
4: Larry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so. Hey, uh, the DM gets killed by, uh, I I don't know, it's such a Willow scene to me. It always makes me think of Willow, uh, the scene where he's on the bridge and he throws the acorns and the trolls like mold together and he's shooting stuff <laughs> at him. So it's either that or it's the way in Star Wars that they took out the Emperor because he's spraying him with the lightning and then he just goes and picks him up and throws him. Exact same death for the DM guy because he's hitting Freddy with the lightning and Freddy's just standing there. And this kid's like, you know what would be really, really smart to do now? Let's run up on the guy that has a limited distance on his melee weapon while I am firing magic missiles at him. What a genius. Well,
5: okay, so there is actually something funny about this death behind the scenes related. The blades on his glove were supposed to be retractable, and he could not get them to retract. And they did not want to hold up the filming of it anymore. Uh, So they got, they took a two by four and put it under the kid's shirt. And it just so happens that Robert England had good aim.
2: Way better than Taron, because at this point Robert England had some vengeance to get back on the cast. I,
1: I, you know, I hate that. Like I'm so, um, in this mindset, but it's like why did he approach the guy with the melee weapon and then pitch meeting so the movie could happen? Yeah,
2: <laughs> it, it always blows my mind. And it is so like, you can't tell me Star Wars didn't rip that fucking shit right off from that movie uh, when Darth Vader throws the Emperor over while he is spraying him with the lightning. It's just pink as opposed to green. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way the kid looks when Freddy picks him up, is he looks like a, like a midget. Like It seems like he changes into a doll when Freddy stabs him and he's holding him there in that silhouette. Oh, fake
1: fact, it's the woman that's getting pulled through the red door. <laughs> yeah, fake fact. <laughs>
2: uh, and so we progress from there. Now we're down to Kincaid and um, the Mute and parquet and Nancy. And uh, they all end up being able to like appear in the same place because Kincaid like hulks his way through a wall and they go and they find the mute kid and they release him and next thing you know they're in a room full of mirrors and Freddy's all like get in this mirror with me and he starts grabbing them and pulling them through the mirror oh I'm
1: in all these mirrors and they're like okay well we're gonna back up to all of them yeah what a smart move <laughs> it's not the Conan now, it's all, a very oh, oh.
2: interesting juxtaposition from the last scene when they were in the quiet room with Parquet, and they're all standing in the middle of the room because they're like these sheets are ripping what is it with these sheets like it doesn't seem dangerous at all it's just fluff and ripping sheets and they're like oh, 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 oh
1: I would oh, be sheesh. really scared if I was made of cotton <laughs>
2: So then, uh, you know, he comes in and screams and busts the mirrors and they're all free again. And they're like, ah, got him. And uh,
6: Joey had discovered his voice.
2: Yes. Joey, you discovered your voice. Joey was so proud. Uh,
4: <laughs> Wait, who is that? Who is was the English person? I oh, didn't. He's
2: the other character. Can't remember his name. Um, <laughs> but at the exact same time, uh, Nancy's new boyfriend, the doctor that was super concerned with the safety of his kids and how important it was for them to be safe, that he left them alone uh, at their most. Well, vulnerable. he's got to
4: follow that ghost nun, bro.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so he goes and yells at her dad, and eventually cons her dad into taking him to a. A fucking junkyard, and her dad's like, "Oh, it's right there next to that." Old By
4: shit. the way, all right. So, what the fuck is the deal with this scene? Why does any of this happen? Like, so this all of a sudden, Freddy's to... in the dream, and he's like, "Oh, wait, hold on a second, I'll be right back," and he disappears from the dream, and he is able to command godlike powers in the real world.
2: Yes, he like throws once again, with, like a, with a force rules push out the window. Yeah.
1: So, uh, fun, fun little thing here. It is a big impale. When, Impaled. Uh, when we look at uh, her dad in the first movie, he's a sheriff. In this movie, he's a security guard. Yep. What happened
2: in this character arc? <laughs> he lost
5: his wife and a bunch of uh, kids in his neighborhood on his beach.
2: Yeah. yeah, and they were like, unlike Larry Fish, who keeps his job, you will be losing your job for letting people die.
5: Life well, what person, out.
1: like they, uh, when the kids are committing
2: suicide
1: in the mental hospital, they're like, hey, we're going to fire one person because this is right. What? Not like everybody. Like I'm, I think you guys are mostly doing okay. We still got some kids. Yeah, I mean,
2: five. fucking a five out of seven is good. Yeah. So, so now, let's keep going with
1: this. So now we've got Paul Blart, uh, the oh, security cop. Ah. Yeah, and uh, and and the survivor from one and uh, the <laughs> survivor from three uh, all together in the scene. Yep. Yeah,
2: and so they go to Freddy and they beat him and. uh, this was one of the first movies, again, this iconic idea of how Freddie consumes the souls of the kids. Yes. This, this is the first movie that they really show the souls in him. Like he, ta- he rips a shirt off and he says, uh, you know, all the souls, you know, I'm fed off the souls of the children. And you see them all pushing in. And again, another shot of boobs. That's twice in this movie that there were tits. When I was a kid, that was like, what? Holy fucking tits. They're tits here. sounds yeah. like <laughs> tits. Because you sounded s- like the mute kid just there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Holy fucking tits. Really? I sounded like the mute kid? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> went, that was actually it. me in my dream world. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, I, I love that idea. It's fucking awesome. I also love that while this is happening, you know, he's finally after her father has been force pushed across the
5: force pushed you know car
2: lot and killed that eventually he wakes back up and he kicks the bones into the hole and he puts the cross on the head and you get that fucking scene where freddie is just arms out and boom that cross appears on his fucking forehead shining that light uh and he starts like and, so uh,
4: we're not even going to talk about, like, the reanimated bones just kicking the shit yes, out of both the they doctor. They actually
2: and... said that they loved uh, Harryhausen. Am, am I right about yeah. that name? Uh, the uh, Jason and uh, the Argonauts. And yeah, they really, obviously. They wanted to do an animated skeleton. And then when they started doing it, they were like, holy this fucking shit, how did they do that? This is so hard. <laughs> Again, the first, the first
4: how part, within the rules and the lore of the series is that possible?
2: Okay, this is what, after watching it again, what I think honestly happened was the father of Nancy fell asleep waiting for him to get the bones out of the car. When the bones came out of the car, the dad was asleep. If you notice, Freddy can make bodies do things in the real world if he's doing it to them in the dream world. So when he force pushed the dad, it knocked out the detective and now he was also in the dream world now fighting the skeleton that he couldn't have seen beforehand. And then when, yeah. Yeah. And then when Freddy gets pulled back to the other place, if you notice, he wakes up on the ground. He was never on the ground at the end of that scene. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if he fell as- like he got knocked out and laid there, and the whole part was actually a dream. That's-
4: well, the, the skeleton beat him with the shovel and threw him in the hole and then started covering him with dirt, and he was unconscious when he was in the hole.
2: Right, but if you remember, he wakes up outside of the hole, at the top of the hole, with the skeleton laying next to him. He wasn't in the hole when he woke back up.
4: Oh, yeah. Like, what the fuck? So Man, I, I don't, that I don't think meant, that that was on purpose.
2: Yeah, but it, it works if you think about it. That the dad...
4: I don't like thinking. Him.
2: That's fair. <laughs> but the dad was just sick and tired of waiting. He was already drunk. He passed out in the car. He imagined being forced push, and he knocked the doctor out. And then the doctor was in the dream. So when it goes back to that scene, he's at the top of the grave, and he pushes the bones in and starts dripping the holy water and lays the cross down on top of him.
4: And don't look, like it. If don't like it. Pass. I'm,
1: I'm totally comfortable with this being cut footage.
2: I still like even if you watch it man, it it all the signs are there. The only thing that happens that can be seen is like why is that happening is when the the two guys are like did you hear that? And then all the cars start going off.
4: Yeah, that, well, I mean that 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 too. I just got that gotten wouldn't to, have happened.
2: It. But then he runs back to the car, and he could have drunkenly passed out in the car from all the endorphins kicking and shit. Yeah. And then all that unfolds <laughs> from <there.
4: laughs> this is getting into some fucking magic bullet theory <laughs> here and shit. Goddamn, like, there was
2: fucking somebody on the grassy elm street. <laughs> <laughs> I guess one of the
1: things that we haven't pointed out, we talked about how in this one, Freddie's doing a lot of shape shifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's, he's more dream. Uh, he's got more power in the dreams. Doing more shape shifting, but I guess after what had happened to him, in part two, he goes, "You know what? Animals are out.
2: I just uh, yeah, uh, animals, uh,
1: are
2: out. No animals are out. Penises are in." <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> <laughs>
6: I got <him> right there.
2: <laughs> and again it was it was still that undertone extreme sexuality everything was about you know the first death he pulls the cords out of the guy and he's working him like a puppet and then he shoves the other girl inside of him and he tries to put her in the tip of his penis like he's in india or something i don't True. know uh and you know it's it's very undertone sexual Taryn he's basically making out with you know yeah. he hugs the DM kid he's like hey come here bud yeah. right let's hug it out little little huggy poo um
4: he gets the third base with the mute
2: kid yeah that's true that's true tongue and all and he's like hey mute kid don't you like my body and mute kids like <laughs>
1: i'm shaking my head right now i forgot y'all can't see that
2: but uh then you know the uh they think freddie's dead they're like okay we're we're good to move on and uh nancy's like completely okay with the fact that her dad just appears out of fucking nowhere when he was like halfway across the movie like
3: all sparkle and shimmery like you and
2: then he's halfway like he's like honey child i have died but i just want to stop by he said
4: crossed over
2: yeah i crossed over with uh, jordan fucking whatever his name is nancy
3: should have known she should have known by
2: now he's like no she was just
4: like oh okay well this seems legit (laughs) like i'm gonna hug you now
2: and she wasn't even like sad or anything like my dad's dead she's probably like Ah, oh, you drank yourself to death, didn't you? I knew it was gonna happen. Well, <laughs> better now than never. It's Inheritance, yo. And then Freddie's like, "Gotcha, bitch!" <laughs> and fucking sticks her in the belly,
1: <laughs> which was, which was so unsettling. Because mm-hmm. why do you bring this character back, who is now going to be your uh, not Janet Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah. Uh, who is going to fight Michael Myers for the rest of the series. Um, And then it's like, uh, no, actually, everyone's going to die. So uh, we're good. Nice bow. Nice bow. Now, uh, to, to the reason that happened, Wes Craven only came back because he was like, hey, I had a good movie. You guys came in. And you did too out. what
2: did you do to my movie Yeah, what's... I made a great movie and you completely made it with, about two Wes minutes Raven, is
4: that actually Wes Craven like is that an audio recording that yeah. you're doing right now
1: it's uncomfortable chunk of metal in my ass for yeah. your father <laughs> for over 20 years Matt is, uh, <laughs> Matt is actually uh, confused that's Wes Anderson oh and yeah. That, <laughs> yeah that's yeah, sorry. Uh, and then so Wes Craven came back to work on this project and said hey, uh, it's a trilogy fine, this is going to wrap it up, that's why she dies everything is over, we never have to make this again And they still said, <laughs> oh, like, But it's
2: not doing it anyway. Why is Wes Craven the one guy that stands on <laughs> Freddy's dick like every single fucking time like, yep, that's it, we're done yeah. wrap it up
1: Robert's like, but I really like the character.
2: <laughs> and New Line Cinema's like, oh, that is fucking adorable, Wes. Yeah, 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 we'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've bye, got the copyright of this now. character? Oh, oh you, don't, you don't? Oh, you oh, okay. don't. Okay, um, all right, cool. But the
1: trademark, you've got the tra-
2: No, you oh, don't have oh, that. Oh, whoa! Oh, sh- oh, but you do have Nancy. <laughs> 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 well, fucking throw Nancy to the wolves, too. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and here comes the dream master Yep.
1: <laughs> so that's it that was all the Freddy films Um <laughs> oh, I
3: was right. I had a point it was, it was intriguing to me so in the dungeon scene um, where it was, like, it was all red and everything they didn't have any AC and there was lots of fire and smoke and they couldn't breathe it was so hard for them to breathe so I thought that was fun and they also well, like had the fire sweaty.
2: The, yes. the fire code was there. up their asses <clears throat> like yes. Are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> Are yeah. you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding hey, me?
4: Hey, did you notice the uh, uh, the Freddy shot, the the ghost Freddy shot, where he did the three men and a baby thing way before three men and a baby did? No. What? Uh, early in the movie, when uh, uh, Parkett's doing her suicide attempt, and she's got the razor blade in her hand, and she falls to the ground, you see the mom in the mirror... And after she, and then the mom ducks down to check on her. There for a split second, you can see the shadow of Fred Krueger there in the mirror. Nice.
1: Uh, We didn't talk about one character who's not really in this movie, but is in part of the story. Uh, And they're the, the character who cut their eyelids out.
2: Yes, they said that there was one kid that cut his eyelids out to stay awake. Yeah, uh, but that's that's They just mention him again. Yeah. This crazy ward is really not succeeding at fuck all, right. right? And the parents are still like, "Well, you know, there's still three of them left. Let's let's keep going."
1: Uh, well, this also continues. Uh, the, they were supposed to
3: die.
5: They're in there to die. Their yeah, it's like to their, their family's <laughs> like, hey, can you guys kind of <laughs> you just take care, care of this problem? They, we have if they ask to child.
1: stay up and watch TV, yeah. let them. Uh, but no, this is this this movie probably begins the um, I guess the asking of the audience to suspend their belief that how many people does it take to burn a janitor? <laughs> uh, because these are the last children. These are the last children.
6: Uh,
1: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, They're
3: last remaining Elm Street.
1: They kids. are. They're the last remaining Elm Street kids, and and no one from any other street was contributing to the burning of the janitor. How many houses are on this street? How many kids could there be it's on this It's like,
2: street? you know, how many different streets were there in uh springville uh right. springfield springfield or whatever uh and it was only the parents on elm street that that wanted revenge against krueger like that's not really well stated
6: springfield the yes exactly.
4: Oh, <laughs> well i mean there's a lot of inconsistencies you remember how in part two when uh she brings jesse to the factory and she says this is where he freddie would bring the kids to kill him yeah and then later it was like uh they went into the furnace in the basement of the house and there was the glove in there but then in this movie there's the skeletons of the kids in the furnace of the house, and the factory is not mentioned again. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Doesn't oh, make too it's any power plant. Power plant. Yeah. Power yeah. Plant. yeah. Uh, I guess you know you, when you're making. Uh, well, going like, from
5: different writers and directors has something to do with that. Too. Yeah, because they didn't
1: watch the previous movie. So
2: clearly, uh, <laughs> a- after it's all said and done, after you know all the death nancy dies and, and freddie's like all right cool i'm out you know whatever and then scene goes dark first credit rolls up on screen and you hear the docile but immaculate tones of Dawkins <laughs> and the most iconic song ever to go with a horror movie. It was the first time that a band had really dived into doing a song specifically for a movie and it was Dawkins Dream Warriors and you almost cannot say Dream warriors, yeah. without That's doing saying. it like that. Dream warriors, <laughs> and, and uh, fighting
1: for the night. The <laughs> neatest thing too about that song.
0: That was great.
1: Uh, If you don't want to watch this movie, uh, which is one of the best in the series, it really is. Uh, but if you don't want to watch this movie, just watch the music video because it's a highlights reel of the it film. Is. yeah. yeah, yeah.
4: Well, it, uh, we've I, touched on in the coverage of the first two movies how in those movies. Our pop culture uh, concept of what Freddy Krueger is, what didn't exist, well, here he is. This is the first time that you get the Freddy Krueger that's, you know,
2: uh, so infamous. The thing that nailed him away as being an MTV icon was the Dick Cavett show on the TV, I believe. Like, having him do that and be so farcical and hilarious was really the first time you see Freddy go farcical and hilarious.
4: But even saying that th- this film was a sweet spot because after this it got a little heavy-handed.
2: Yeah. You know. Yes it did. Yes it did. But yeah. Um, Dream Warriors. Anybody got
4: Warriors of the Dream
2: throw in on this? no, I, I kinda wanted to
1: know who that who the other film that Dick Cabot was in, but Yeah, it doesn't I couldn't matter. find it.
2: I looked, <clears throat> I couldn't find
5: it. Um this was actually the first New Line film to open nationally.
1: Oh wow. Uh This is the the house that Freddie built, and Mm -hmm. uh, they keep having first with this character uh, in a series that only lasted these three movies. It did not. Which explains why they
2: kept going. No. And my favorite part is coming right up because I love part three, don't get me wrong, but part four was my favorite. My favorite. Well, guys, uh, that's been our coverage
1: of Nightmare on Elm Street, part three dream
2: warrior no. Goodbye, I'm going to sleep Fighting for all the night <laughs> Don't
4: The yet. door was blue oh. You go to hell
1: You guys stay rotten Stay, stay rotten. rotten Stay
4: rotten, stay rotten. <laughs> stay
1: rotten. <laughs> Join us next time for another episode of rotten mornings.